You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Welcome to the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I'm Sean Reynolds. If you are new here, I'm the owner of a couple of real estate companies. I talk about business. I talk about real estate. Today, we're talking about something that recently happened in Seattle, and it's happening all over the United States. Talking about defunding the police, and instead of sending out police officers to 911 calls, we're going to send out social workers, because social workers are going to de-escalate these situations. Are they? I don't know. Here's the article I'm reading today. Here's what I'm thinking about. I don't, I've never really read the, anything by law officer. You can kind of tell what direction that's going to take. And I don't normally go down like a law officer road. But this article brought up some really good points for something that happened most recently here in Seattle. And that was case manager murdered by client as police agencies consider replacing officers with social workers. That is literally what's going on here in Seattle. And this article brings up some, I think to me, some really good points. Why are we talking about this on a real estate podcast? Well, homes that are in areas that have high crime rates, those are worth less. Guess why? Because people don't want to live there. So areas that defund the police and instead of sending police officers to these crimes in or potential crimes, in my opinion, are going to have nothing but issues and greater propensity for increased crime rates. That I mean, I don't see any way around this. You might make the argument of, oh, yeah, but the social worker is going to be able to talk their way out of this because that's what they do. Whereas the police, they just escalate things and make it far worse. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Let's get into this one. And I think you'll kind of see where I'm heading. It's trending. Many police agencies are considering displacing, uh, not displacing, dispatching social workers to handle a variety of calls. Now, some of these calls I'm okay with. But the problem is you don't know. You don't know who the Looney Tune is on the other end of the, of the call. You, you don't know. Hedge your bets. Send out a cop. Make them a big one. Some have already implemented programs to do the very thing. Yet Seattle just experienced a homicide that serves as a reminder why this is generally a bad idea. I think it's not generally. I think it's a terrible idea. Man snaps. More than two weeks before, Hans Van Belkum was accused of fatally stabbing his case manager at the Lewiston Apartments in Belltown on Monday. He purchased a military-grade knife from a surplus store a half a block from his residence, according to King County prosecutors. The knife was apparently purchased specifically to kill Kristen Benson, 42, who was found face down in her office with the knife buried in her back, say prosecutors. This podcast is going to be a little rough because this was obviously written by people in the law enforcement industry, and they are not couching things in really nice terms. They're just bringing it to you straight, and I'm going to read it to you straight. So if you're a little bit squeamish, this podcast may not be for you. Um... Yeah, sorry, that's 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 all I can kind of say on this one. The knife was apparently purchased specifically to kill Kristen Benson, 42, who was found face down on her office floor with the knife buried in her back, say prosecutors. On Wednesday, charged Van Valkum with premeditated first-degree murder, the Seattle Times reported. Van Valkum, who was arrested five hours after the fatal knife attack, was also charged Wednesday with a second-degree assault, accused of repeatedly punching another staff member before he fled the building. 
He remains in custody at King County Jail in lieu of a million dollars bail. Jail records show he is scheduled to be arraigned December 9th. Here's the overview. Seattle Times outlined the case as follows. Seattle police responded to a report of a stabbing just before 11 a.m. Monday and found Benson's body on the floor of her office. Witnesses identified Van Belcom as her attacker. Now, I've already covered this once in a podcast, but it was basically as the Seattle City Council was literally voting a few blocks away from this to defund the police and enact some of these measures, this was going on. Video surveillance footage from the hallway outside Benson's office shows a man who was carrying two grocery bags was buzzed into the building by a staff member. He walked to Benson's office where he put the bags on the floor and pulled a large knife out from under his coat, then quickly entered the room, according to the charges. A co-worker later told police she heard Benson's screams and ran to her office where she recognized the attacker and saw him making punching slash stabbing motions as Benson lay face down on the floor. If that isn't graphic enough for you, I don't know what is. The co-worker turned and ran back to her office with the armed man in pursuit. The surveillance footage shows the man fell. So he's running away. He's running towards uh, the co-worker. He fell, and then he attempted to break down the co-worker's locked office door, say the charges. As he returned to Benson's office, another co-worker opened her door, but quickly closed and locked it. Good call. Chaos gone outside your office? Hunker down. The defendant then re-entered the victim's office, where he, at a minimum, plunged his knife into the victim's back, a Seattle police detective wrote in the charges. The man tossed uh, his grocery bags into the office and punched another staff member, driving the staff member to the ground before a resident pulled him off. The charges say he then left the building. Police say Van Belkin was wearing the same clothes as the attacker seen in the video surveillance footage when he was arrested hours later in the 2300 block of Elliott Avenue. It's downtown, downtown Seattle. According to the charges, his clothes, which appeared to have blood on them, were taken as evidence. During the investigation, police also obtained video surveillance footage that showed Van Valkum purchasing the knife used in the attack from a military surplus store on November 7th, my birthday, according to the charges. An autopsy later revealed Benson had been stabbed 12 times. Eight of the stab wounds were to her back, and three of those wounds alone would have been fatal. Stabbed fatally three times, another eight times. Horrible. Prosecutor's comments, the murder of Miss Benson was horrifying. An unarmed victim trapped in her own office, unable to escape or fight back against the defendant's rage and blade. Senior Deputy Prosecutor Dan Ratz wrote in the charging papers, equally terrifying was the defendant's willingness to violently attack others who came to Miss Benson's assistance. Raz noted Van Belkum chased one of Benson's colleagues with the knife, but he slipped and fell, enabling her to lock herself in her office. But for that, Van Belkum could have been facing a second murder charge, and the community would be mourning a second individual who had committed their lives to assisting the less fortunate in our city. These are social workers. These are case workers. Low-income housing. The Lewiston Apartments, where this happened, located at 2200 block of First Avenue, is a low-income housing facility operated by Plymouth Housing Group. The agency confirmed earlier this week the woman killed was a full-time housing case manager. 
Van Belkum was an eight-year resident of the building, and Seattle police later found a note in his apartment that indicated he believed Benson was trying to have him evicted, say the charges. The court documents don't address whether an eviction was actually planned. He does not appear to have any prior criminal convictions, according to the Times. Although Benson's murder was not the result of a new program to reimagine police, it simply serves as a reminder as to why it's a terrible idea to dispatch social, social workers on certain calls for service. If you've got a handful of calls that are like really, really low grade, okay, I'm all right with that. But who determines that? Who's kind of the expert or who should be the person there when things go sideways? Because you never know with this stuff. You don't know has who has a knife in their pocket. You don't know who's carrying a gun. You don't know who has a super bad temper that can just snap. This guy has no criminal record, and he stabbed somebody 11 times, three of them fatally, meaning any one of those stabs, boom, they're done. They're gone. They are no longer with us. But for some reason, folks are thinking, you know what? Instead of the police, let's send out a social worker, this very kind of person who got stabbed and is basically defenseless. So you send out a social worker on another call like this. Let's be clear. It, this this would have happened no matter what. Um, that I mean, they didn't, they didn't. The victim didn't get a chance to call the police. It probably all happened so quickly. Boom! It was done over before. There was no way of avoiding this. Nobody could get a call out. But if this call was made and the guy didn't really do much at the beginning, yep. Let's send out a social worker. Imagine having another social worker there guess what? Then you've definitely got two people killed. They're done. They're gone. No longer with us. Van Belkum reportedly does not have a criminal record. Moreover, a note was discovered in his apartment indicated he believed Benson, full-time housing manager, was trying to evict him. Last summer, the St. Petersburg Police Department in Florida developed a program that will dispatch a community assistant, assistance person, team member, social worker, to the following calls for service. Disorderly intoxication. Really? Are they sending out police in addition to? I don't think so. Disorderly intoxication. That, to me, send out a cop. You don't know what a drunk person's going to do. They, they can make decisions that are horrible, horrible, just terrible decisions. Let me pick up this knife and I'm going to stab you. Drug overdose. Uh, not good. Intoxicated person. Again, not good. Mental health crisis. All right. Person's having a breakdown. We don't know what they're going to do. Suicide crisis, mental health transport, disorderly juvenile truancy. All right. I mean, that one, okay, social worker, yeah, maybe. But I can think of a lot of times where I read headlines that some kid just absolutely snaps, goes crazy, does some crazy stuff. Disorderly juvenile at elementary schools, uh, okay. Panhandling, homeless complaints. I put those two in a category of you don't know what you're dealing with. I mean, you just don't know. Panhandler just gets really upset, goes crazy, goes nuts. You don't want a social worker, an unarmed social worker handling those calls. And that's a no-go for me. Neighborhood dispute. All right. Maybe a neighborhood dispute, but again, somebody just gets really upset at their neighbor. I want a cop there. Send the cops. I want a cop. 
If Van Balcom lived in St. Petersburg for or for any city deploying social workers and dialed 911, his circumstances would have likely qualified for a Cal team member response. So let me read that again. The situation we've got here, if that happened in St. Petersburg, where they're doing this kind of stuff, up until the point where he's actually stabbing somebody, would have qualified for a social worker to come on out. Not good. While a large percentage of these calls can be handled peacefully, and they typically do get handled peacefully by the police, but if they don't and they go sideways, guess what? Cops are on the spot. They are trained to handle this. That's kind of how I see this thing should go. But in, in some reason, we've got these, let's reimagine this scenario. Let's reimagine we just have a social worker out there talking to people. I don't really want to reimagine that. I don't really want to rethink that. I want to hedge my bets. I want to cover my bets. Send a cop out. The described situations can also become combustible and, and unpredictable as like this one with Van Belkham. Guy doesn't have any criminal history. He thinks that he's getting evicted. He just kind of mentally is like, ah, I'm not taking this anymore. And he does something that nobody's ever seen him do before. I mean, do we call police out? This guy has no criminal history, hasn't really done anything. He's just, he's really, he's, he's upset about his, a uh, situation of possibly being evicted has to do with his caseworker. This is a perfect example. Let's send out another caseworker. Let's let them work it out. Caseworker, two caseworkers, they can talk to this guy. They can kind of figure out a solution. I think that's a good call. Look how this ended. This is the perfect example for why you don't send out social workers on 911 calls. Maybe there are some examples where it does work. Maybe it's warranted. Small little kid in a uh, elementary school. Yeah, okay, I, I understand that one. You don't need a big cop in uniform with a gun and his partner and shows up with the lights going. You don't need that kind of scene. That can be handled by a caseworker for sure. But that's really one of the few instances where I think, all right, that makes sense. Because all these other, other these other instances that come to my mind, they start out so normal, and then they just go down these weird, crazy, unpredictable routes. And that's the bet that I want to have hedged with somebody who's trained and has a gun. Because guess what? Any caseworker talking to a guy with a knife, they're going to end up dead, or they're going to end up severely, severely injured. Don't want to see that. Maybe cop takes out his gun, shoots this guy. All right, horrible and awful. That's what you got. Guys breaking the law. Cops there to protect other people from being in harm's way. That's their job. To what degree is the agency assuming liability by placing a social worker in harm's way? That is my question, too. It's like, Really? So we got a 911 call, and these are the circumstances, and you chose to send out a social worker. Social worker got killed. Those other two people got killed. Is there some liability here? I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, lawsuit? How many lawsuits are we going to have? How many people are going to get killed before people are like, you know, that social experiment of reimagining and rethinking, that didn't work out too well. We had to pay out a few million bucks in uh, lawsuits. 
let's go back to sending out the cops. That's just that's just better. To what degree is a social worker willing to put him or herself in this kind of vicarious position? That's another really good question. Hey, Mr. Social Worker, you don't have a gun. You don't really have any physical training on how to handle this kind of violence, handle any major violence, any violence at all, right? Our social workers don't get in. They don't get training. You got any jujitsu in your background? You don't? All right, that's okay. We're just going to send you out on this wildly violent, drunk outburst of a person who's on the sidewalk without their clothes on and um, doing weird stuff. Why don't you go talk to them? Let's see how that works out. Furthermore, how many times will the social worker need to call for police assistance? All right, that's another great question. We got one, one county employee out there or city employee out there already, right? Yeah, I need backup. Um, I can't handle this scenario. I don't want to get out of my car. This is a really hot situation. I'm just a social worker. I have no skill set to deal with this whatsoever. And I'm talking on my imaginary phone because this is what the imaginary phones used to look like. And that's what we talk into. Social worker, are they going to want to deal with this kind of stuff? I wouldn't want to. I mean, some social worker is going to be like, hell yeah, you send me. I'll take care of it. I think those are few and far between. I honestly don't think that this is a solution that not not here in the city of Seattle. Some of the news stories I read, they, you know, the violence that happens in Seattle. I mean, it, it's mind blowing. It's like that really happened. That human being did that to another human being. You throw a social worker in the mix, guess what? They just become another casualty. And then the next question is, is if the, uh, on how many times the social worker will need to call for police assistance. If they're calling for assistance, guess what? It's a hot call. It's a trouble zone. Something bad is going down. The social worker recognizes, oh, I don't have the skill set again to handle this. I am not armed. Got to call the cops. Comma 911. Will law enforcement help arrive in time? Now, because the police officers in the city of Seattle have been defunded and they are spread too thin, it takes about nine minutes for them to get out, I believe, right now on the average 911 call. Or it did a couple of months ago when I was kind of covering that and I had my stats in front of me. Say it's, say it's seven minutes. Say it's five minutes. And a social worker has made the determination in their professional opinion that they are not qualified to handle whatever it is that's being thrown their way by some nutcase or some person with mental issues. And when I say nutcase, I kind of throw everybody into that. People with mental issues, you can't treat them like that. But that's the end result, right? They've got something wrong with them, and they're not dealing in reality. And they may make decisions and choose physical actions that only a cop or somebody in the military is trained to deal with. And so in my head, I always come back to, all right, you could send out a social worker. But the end result is, is maybe maybe half of these calls, the social worker is going to have to call for police backup anyway. All right, that happens. Maybe we take a look and go, okay, yeah, we should have just sent out a cop in the first place. So maybe this social experiment goes that way. Maybe it gets handled that way. I don't know. I just don't want to see more people like this social worker who got stabbed and murdered and is no longer with us. Don't really want to see that. And I'm afraid that's what's going to happen. You send out social workers on any one of these kind of calls. It's game over. It's not good. Will law enforcement help arrive in time? Great question. Don't know. Here in Seattle, 
doesn't sound that way, right? It is indeed Russian roulette. That is the bottom line. That's what this, and this is an opinion piece by by Johnny Law, by the law, whatever it is that I'm reading from. Sorry, I'm not, not trying to be dismissive, but by a law officer. It's Russian roulette. Yeah, it is. Is this call going to go sideways on it? If it's anything other than just a calm discussion, guess what? Social worker, not the person you want there. Armed person, cop with training in their background. Who has handled so many of these calls? That's another thing. Cops are trained. They've spent their career handling this kind of stuff. You might say, yeah, but we need more de-escalation. Okay, let's see how that goes by sending out the social worker. Maybe in some cities this would work. Maybe in some cities you don't have the kind of big city crime where you've got the homelessness, you've got the mental health uh, issues, you've got the drug-addicted people who drugs are coursing through their veins, and when those stop coming, they'll do anything to get their next fix. Those are not the people that are going to listen to reason, right? Long term, they might listen to some reason and treatment once they get cleaned up, once they go through detox, but we're not talking about that. We are talking about the 911 call when some house is being broken into, and those kind of calls, I I don't think there's any question, you're still going to call the police. But how many of these situations, maybe it's just a suspicious person wandering around talking to themselves, maybe it's something like that, that devolves into a break-in. Guy's got a crowbar to break open the door, becomes a weapon, defenseless social worker. I mean, the, the list of stories just goes on and on and on. So it is indeed Russian roulette to me. It's like you don't know what's going to happen with that call. The cops don't either. That's why they approach everything basically the same way. You control the situation. You, you, you de-escalate as best you can. But sometimes you're going to shoot because if somebody's shooting at you, you're going to shoot back if you're a cop. And that's within their right to do so. That's what it takes to basically handle some of these situations. That's just where it goes. It's super unfortunate, and it sucks, and people die. But that's just what happens. Situations can become volatile with little to no warning. And absent red flags that would trigger a law enforcement response, street cops deal with inflammatory circumstances all the time. And we do not hear about it unless a powder keg explodes. That's what these cops do day in and day out. They respond to stuff that they don't know. Is it going to be, is this going to go south on us right off the bat? Is it going to be okay? Are we going to be able to handle it? Don't know. But they're prepared. If it does go south, they are prepared. Social workers, not so prepared. Totally unprepared. They can talk about it. Talking is great in a sit-down you know, 12-step program or on a one-on-one counseling session, talking about it's great because everybody's on the same page. 911 calls, people are often not on the same page as other sane people. So police agencies need to be extremely careful about reimagining their services as so many cities are demanding. Defund the police now by 50%. Send out social workers, all right? My concern is, is that it ends up like, you know, St. Petersburg Police Department in Florida. I don't know how big St. Petersburg is. It's pretty big, pretty big city, right? They got to have some pretty major crime. We'll just have to kind of see and follow the story and see 
How many of these these calls just go wildly out of control and don't end up the way that we hoped they would, that we reimagined they would, that we were doing some rethinking and thought, well, let's give this a run. Let's give the let's roll the dice on this this situation to see how it goes. I I'm not on board with that theory. I'm on board with the theory. Let's send out the guy who is trained to do this job, who is armed, who has to make the call. Are there policemen who make bad calls? Yeah, but there's people in all walks of life who make bad calls. Those people, they, they, you know, they, they have what's coming to them. And if it's not handled by the law, then that's a different situation. But for the most part, I think you send out a cop on 911 call. That's my bottom line. That's kind of what I'm thinking. That's where I'm at. Where are you guys at on this one? I mean, I, I've seen a lot of comments in the YouTube channel. Defunding the police is a terrible idea. And um, sending out a social worker on a police uh, policeman's call. Not, not what I want to see. But as we see more and more stuff in the media come out on this, because it will come out, guaranteed, it will come out. There will be instances of, oh, that one didn't go out. That didn't end well. That didn't go down the way it was supposed to. We need to reimagine that one. Sorry about the death in your family. That's what I think is going to happen. And it's going to be horrific and tragic. And we're just going to have to work through it if indeed social workers start getting sent out on some of these calls. So once again, thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of of, uh, the podcast. I'm going to see you guys on the next one. Until then, we'll catch up soon. Thanks again for being here and watching. Bye. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.